0: They have a lot of fun. All right. Last week uh, we looked and discussed Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8, and we talked simply about where your trust is at and how you feel about life, whether you were in the desert, disconnected, uh, kind of undernourished, or whether you felt like you were planted by that living water. And I asked you simply to take some time last week to reflect on what you were trusting in, and I hope God worked in your life through that. This week we're going to be looking at living out the dull bits of our life for God, and how do we experience God through our everyday, day-to-day tasks? So today we're going to just start off by asking and looking at a couple day-to-day tasks. The first one is, how many of you guys, when you get up in the morning, make your beds? Show of hands, it's okay. Yeah, how many of you guys think that this is the most useless task because you're going to mess it up again later? Yeah, okay. Okay there's some different mindsets on this. I know for my mom, my mom instructed me and really got me in the habit of making my bed in the morning as a kid. Uh, that was something you just, you got out of bed, make your bed. It was, for her, just something simple. But this is a day-to-day task that many of us do. Uh, it, ha- it doesn't have to get done. It doesn't have that much of an impact in, it, in us. But there is just something about laying down in a nicely made bed sometimes, all right? How many of you guys do dishes every day? Okay. Yeah, do dishes every day, right? If you don't do your dishes, you're not going to have clean dishes to eat with. You're going to have to eat off of dirty, nasty dishes. No one wants that. Second of all, if you don't clean your dishes, you're going to get ants and bugs, and no one wants that in their house either. So dishes is something that you you have to do. You have to face reality, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You get messy dishes, you have to clean them, all right? So many of us do that task every day. Uh, How about laundry? How many moms out there feel like they do laundry every day? Yeah, we've got, we've got three boys who live in our house, and nothing seems to ever be clean anymore. It's, it's constant laundry, and, and for a lot of us, that is something we have to do. Uh, I didn't smell anyone bad coming in this morning, okay? You guys all probably have done laundry. You have clean clothes, uh, but that's something we do throughout our week, making sure that we fold them. That way, they look nice when we wear them next. And last but not least, how many of you brushed your teeth today? everyone's hand should be up. It's scary if you didn't. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, it's a a daily thing that we have to do. Dentists, you know, suggest you brush your teeth twice a day or after every meal. Okay, but brushing your teeth every day is just another way to keep your teeth healthy. But for many of us during these day-to-day tasks, let me ask you this. How many of you, when you do these things, your mind's just kind of checking out of the task at hand? You're off somewhere else thinking about something else. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about how do we connect with God in these things. Because if I simply just ask you the question, when you make your bed, do you feel like you're connected to God? Do you feel like you're experiencing God, that you're growing deeper in relationship with God through making your bed? The answer is, for many people, you're probably thinking, that's absurd. That that Why? Why? Okay? What about doing your dishes or your laundry or, or brushing your teeth or combing your hair or washing your body. Why are these things important? And we're going to talk about how do we connect with God and experience Him through these day-to-day monotonous tasks of life. And does God really even care about those things? Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I I read a book called Liturgy of the Ordinary uh, by Tish Warren. It's a good book. It gives you a lot to think about. Uh, She talks about how do we use our daily life to focus it around God. Because, let's face it, not all of us are in ministry 24-7. We have to live life. We have to live life at home, too. And for a lot of us, that's before our families. Tish simply wrote this. She says, We tend to want the Christian life with the dull bits cut out. Yet God made us to spend our days in rest, in work, and play, in taking care of our bodies, our families, our neighborhoods, and our homes. What if all of these boring parts matter to God? And what if days passed in ways that feel small and insignificant to us, but are really weighty with meaning and part of the abundant life that God has for us? All right, now just just take a moment to think through that. God has certainly created us to live life in an unfolding manner. We have daily tasks that we have to do. There's some things that we we just need to get done in our day-to-day thing. But what about this mind perspective? What if these things that seem insignificant to us, that don't really seem to have an impact, like making our bed, what if God wanted to use those small tasks in our day-to-day life to change us more into the image of Jesus Christ? And that's what Tisha's getting at. And she writes a whole book on this idea of how do you live out your daily things in life from your very morning to the very night to live for God and for His glory. And I thought that was pretty interesting as I I was studying for this sermon. And then I came across another book called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Some of you guys have probably read this. It's a smaller book. It's really not that long. But Brother Lawrence is a very interesting character. His name is actually Nicholas Herman. He lived uh, back in the 1600s. And at the age of 26, retired from the military because he was injured in his leg. It was at that point he decided that he was going to dedicate and give his life to God. And so he joined a monastery in Paris where they put him in charge of the kitchen and the duties of cooking. And it was in the kitchen that he was trying to figure out how in the world do I go from prayer to working in the kitchen and bringing God glory in all of my life. And his book actually talks, it's a conversation between a friend and him about how he deals with this and how he had to practice this mindset of being and living in the presence of God on a regular basis because his mind was not normally set that way. It was often disconnected or distracted from other things. And so Brother Lawrence simply wrote this as he started to learn to practice the presence of God in every area of his life. He said this, "...the time of busyness does not differ with me from the time of prayer." And in the noise and the clutter of my kitchen, while, seven per- while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in, great, in His great tranquility as if I were on my knees. Now, I'm sure many of us here would say that we want to feel the same way in prayer as I do the rest of my day. I want to carry that feeling throughout the rest of my life feeling connected with God, dependent on Him. But yet for many of us, we feel that disconnect once we start getting into our day-to-day tasks or into our day-to-day lives. Now, if you read throughout his book, Brother Lawrence talks about just the difficulty of training his mind to do this. But he came down to this mindset. He simply said that there is no common business to God. No matter how mundane or routine the task was, It was a medium for God's love. The issue was not about the sacredness or the worldly status of the task, but about the motivation behind it. He simply came down to, we can do the little things for God. And it changed his mindset. And it gave him a great joy and peace in his entire life that the brothers around him didn't quite understand. Now, you might be saying, Peter, that that guy, he lived in a monastery. He didn't have real life to deal with. He didn't have a family. Well, he had ministry. I mean, he dealt with other things. He just didn't live in the monastery. He had ministry. He had to go out into the real world and interact with others. He had to deal with other people. But see, the thing is, we need to ask ourselves the two questions here up on the screen. The first one is, what does the Bible actually say about the boring parts of my life? Do these things really matter to God? And then the next question we're going to ask is then, how do I actually enjoy God through the dull bits, the dull times of my life, the things that I do that just seem monotonous and meaningless? How do I actually connect with God and bring meaning into my life? So we're going to talk about that. So grab your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Many of you guys have probably memorized this verse. In fact, we encourage our kids usually to do so early on. The context is simply this. Paul is talking to the church and he's telling them about how they should interact with one another on the basis of conscience. He simply said, hey, if you're going through the meat markets and you see some meat that you want to eat and it's been sacrificed to idols, don't worry about it. You know that the world is the Lord's and all that's in it. Give thanks to him. But then he goes on and he simply says, hey, if you're at a dinner table and someone says this meat's been offered to idols, then he says... Don't partake in it, not for your own conscience, but for the other person. So that you can show that you are living to glorify God in all that you do. And he boils it all down to this simple principle in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You guys have that memorized, I know that. Notice, whether you eat or drink, that's specific to Paul's context about the meat and the wine that he's talking about. But then he capitalizes on this, and he says simply, whatever you do, whatever activities you do, whatever you perform in your day-to-day task, it's to be to whose glory? God's. And so what we simply see here is Paul highlights this principle that we're supposed to be doing everything to God's glory. Then you go to Colossians 3.17. So flip over there, that's just a couple books away, a couple letters away. Paul here is talking to the church at Colossae. He just said, hey, now that you're in Christ, you're a new person, you need to put on this new self that's clothed in the Spirit. You need to be a church that's unified together, growing in the knowledge and in the Word of Christ or in the Word of God, allowing it to change you, and then that should ultimately lead you to praise God together. And he finishes it with this. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So here, Paul puts it, whatever you do in word or deed. So now he's spelling it out. What you say should be glorifying to God. It should be pointing others toward Christ. Now for them, it was speaking or writing. For us, it could be typing what we're putting up online. Everything in our life that contains words and language should be edifying to Jesus Christ and pointing others toward him. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't say just just with your mouth be pointing others to Christ. He says whatever you do, again, highlighting that. It's an action. How you're living, your habits, how you're interacting with others. You're supposed to be doing it all or everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, representing him. And then finally... Notice here, Paul adds a new tag, giving thanks to the Father. What are we giving thanks to the Father through Christ for? For the opportunity to use words, to use deeds, to live for God. See, giving God glory and doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ comes with this attitude of thanksgiving or gratitude. A Christian should naturally live for God, but also carry out Thankfulness, understanding everything is from God and giving him continual thanks for what he's done. Then the last one, skip down just a few verses. Oh, sorry. Principle, word and deeds are supposed to be for God's purpose. Then jump down to Colossians 3.23. Paul simply was highlighting that servants ought to work for their masters as obedient men, but... Ultimately, that's not the final principle. The final principle is this. He simply says, whatever you do, work heartily. as for the Lord and not for men. Now, when we use this word heartily, a lot of us think about hard work, putting our effort into it. But it goes a little bit beyond that. This word heartily simply means that we're putting all of our being into the task at hand. We're putting our mind, our emotion, our will, our body all into this. And we're going all out. And notice that we're not just working for the sake of work, we're working for the Lord. Because He's our Master. And that should influence us in how we do our work, how we live it out. So we see this principle work with your whole being for God. Now, let's talk about how do we enjoy God in the doll bits? Because I think I answered the question, does God care about everything in our life? Does he care about the doll bits? Absolutely. He doesn't just want part of your life. He wants your whole life. That means even your daily tasks, your day-to-day tasks are meant to be done for him. So how do we enjoy God in the doll bits? Well, the first thing is we need to consider everything as important. Because it's really easy to get into the mentality that these things are so insignificant, God really doesn't care about them. But see, as Christians, we're called to acknowledge, no, no, everything matters to God. There is no line between secular and sacred. Everything belongs to God. We need to turn those things over to Him. And we need to get into the mindset of everything is important. Then the next one is that we need to discipline our mind. I'll tell you right now, our mind does not naturally lean toward focusing and giving God glory. In fact, it actually goes the opposite direction. It wanders away from God to self or to anything else that I might find a little bit of joy and happiness from. Our minds are focused on everything else but God. And as a Christian, We've been changed. And the cool thing is Paul writes in Romans 8.5. He simply says, look, those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. They're concerned about fleshly things, the worldly things, what they need. But yet, he says, those who live in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, they set their minds on things of the Spirit. And notice, Paul actually uses the words that they set their minds. That this is something that we have to work on. You see... Ephesians 2 makes it very clear. Our minds were separated or against God earlier. But when we come uh, to trust in Christ and we understand God's great gift of salvation, Ephesians 4, 23 and 24, Paul says, No, no, now you get to put on a new mind given to you in the Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, it also takes work. It takes discipline. It's not easy. Brother Lawrence, when he writes about how he did this, he he talked about how he had to discipline his mind from wandering from work or other thoughts while he's in prayer. I mean, let's face it. How many of you guys just at night you pray and you find yourself getting distracted by other things? Just simply praying. Try living the rest of our life out. It's hard to keep our mind focused on these things, but God has called us as Christians To focus our mind on him and living for him. Set your mind not on things here on earth, but on things above. That's focusing on God. All right, the next one here is this. We need to find joy in Christ. If we want to enjoy God in the dull bits, we need to find joy in Christ. Not in just trying to accomplish tasks. Not in just trying to check things off of our list and saying, hey, look at what I got done but doing things for Christ. First Peter 1.8, Peter writes this to the church. He simply says, Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him, yet you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. You see, the Christians in the early church understood that living for Christ changes them. I think if you look at the disciples' life, if you look at the apostles' lives, you're going to see that they had a joy that goes beyond their situations and their circumstances. They were being beaten, persecuted, and suffering. And yet they can say, yet, hey, I count this all as joy, as gladness. Because they knew who they were rooted in, who they were really attached to, who they were living for. It wasn't for themselves, and it wasn't for others. It was for Christ. And the last one here is deepen our faith. We need to deepen our faith by drawing closer to Christ. James 4.8 simply puts it this way, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jesus tells his disciples, abide in me and I will abide in you. There's times where we just need to draw closer to God. I mean, let's be fair. We do our day-to-day tasks and we probably don't even give a second thought about praying about those. Because why? I can wash my dishes. That's not trouble for me. I'm very easily able to do that. But when we talk about deepening our faith, it means even acknowledging God, even in this simple task, I still need to come to you. I still need to come to you because even this is supposed to bring you glory and help me to see it that way. Help me to draw from your strength and from your spirit. And it's just, it seems weird, and I, I know, because I've been where you're at, and I've heard these sermons before, but it didn't click for me until a couple weeks ago about how often my mind wanders and gets distracted. So let's talk about some of the distractions that we face that pull our mind away from giving God glory and pull us to somewhere else. The first thing is, is worries. Jesus makes it very clear in Matthew chapter 6. Don't worry about whether what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. The world cares about those things. The Gentiles care about those things. Because why? They're so dependent on themselves that they're ignoring what God is going to provide for them. Worries pull our mind off of God providing and God giving us everything we need for today. And it puts the mindset on us. How am I going to make ends meet? How am I going to work this out? How am I going to deal with this problem in my life? Worries distract us. They pull our mind away from focusing on God. The next one is hectic schedules. Hurry, 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 do, do, do. Hectic schedules can easily pull our mind off of God because we need to accomplish things. We need to get things done. And it doesn't give us time to just sit still and rest and examine, did I really do these things for God's glory? And how am I going to do my next week for God's glory? We try to accomplish things. The world is all about accomplishments. But there are times that we need to just stop and self-reflect and say, God, show me where I need to change. Show me what I need to do. Let your spirit work and guide me in just moments of stillness. Hectic schedules can easily get our mind off of focusing on living and giving God glory in all of our life to accomplishments. What can I get done? The next one, technology. I love my phone. I think it's an awesome tool to stay connected with people. The problem is it can become a distraction. I mean, let's just face it. You get text messages, emails, Facebook messages. You get phone calls. You get game notifications. You get notifications through other social media apps now i'm getting this is my favorite facebook is now sending me notifications on when a friend of mine comments on another friend's article why because technology is trying to pull you away and say hey this thing is urgent you need to read this stop what you're doing this is the next big thing and it's really not it's not life-changing but technology is trying to draw our, 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 try, <clears throat> technology is trying to draw our minds toward it instead of God. And It can be, become problematic when we're trying to focus our mind on God and things are calling out for us to answer them. The next one, perspective. We could just get into the funky mindset of, "This is too insignificant for God to really even care about it." It's too insignificant to really for God to care about this. I mean, I could just do this. He doesn't really care. No, that's the problem. That's, that's a bad perspective on our part. Everything matters to God. Everything we do matters to God. I, I find this funny. I, I came across this prayer. Um, it's, it's rather challenging. Because I will admit, I've used the bathroom. We all have. We've been there. How many of you think about doing that for the glory of God? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Came across a Jewish prayer that they use in order to kind of recenter themselves afterwards. It was kind of challenging because it's a perspective that as a Christian, I should definitely understand this. But I'm just so absent-minded sometimes. It simply reads this. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who formed man with wisdom, and created within him many openings and many hollow spaces. It is obvious and known before your seat of honor that if even one of them were to be open, or even if one of them were to be sealed, it would be impossible to survive and stand before you, even for one hour. Blessed are you, Adonai, who heals all flesh and acts wondrously. You see, they they understand this perspective. Everything mattered to God. So what did they do? They created this prayer to kind of bring it back to them. It's kind of silly for us as Christians because we're thinking, well, that's probably extreme, but we just looked at it. We're supposed to do everything to the glory of God. We're supposed to do everything in word or deed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe it's not that strange. Maybe God wants us to look different from the rest of the world who thinks these things are just insignificant and it doesn't matter to anyone. Media. Media is another big one. Media will call to distract you. It'll pull your mind away from your life and how you're living and pull it into fantasy or another world or another story. Be careful with what you take in. Whether it be TV, movies, or music, it'll try to draw your mind away to find joy in something else, to find significance in something else. Ministries. Ministries are not bad, but they can become a distraction for living... For the glory of God. You might ask, how is that even possible? Because unfortunately, we can fool ourselves into thinking that I am doing things for God without really being connected to Him. One of my favorite lines from college just a couple of weeks ago was simply that doing for God is not the same as being with God. God absolutely wants us to be with him while we are doing things. But so many times for us as Christians, those things can get easily separated. And we can fool ourselves that I'm doing, 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 doing all for God, but yet I feel like that desert plant last week. Because why? You're, you're not really committed. Sorry, not really connected. And then the last one is routine. We do these things over and over again. We do the dishes. We do the bed. We do our, our teeth. And our mind just checks out because we're so used to doing those. But again, working heartily for the Lord. Our whole being should be in these activities in giving God glory through them all. So here's what I want to challenge you with this week as you go home. Just some things to try out for one week to see a difference. The first one I'm going to ask is that you pray for the little stuff this week. It's going to be weird. It's going to feel super awkward, and I'm not asking you to pray for 10 minutes before you go and eat dinner or something like that. But as you're cooking your food, just talk to God and say, hey, God, thank you for the ability to be able to cook here for my family. Help me to do this out of love for you. Let me give you thanks for the food and the plates that we have. I've been to countries where there are no plates for people. It's a big bowl, and you share it with everyone by hand. It's a little weird. But see, the insignificant things make us ungrateful for what God has blessed us with. When we have that perspective. But when we take time to pray and we thank God, it creates creates in us a new mentality, a new mind to help focus on God. The next one, consider your whys. This will require you to stop for a bit. And ask yourself, why am I working a 40-hour work week? Why am I doing this fathering thing, parenting thing? Why am I coming to church? Is it just to meet with people, just to have some fun? No, no, no. Remember, our our Christian life is called to be glorifying to God in all areas. Not just when we're here at church, but when we're even at home, when we're working in our communities or in our neighborhoods or talking with our neighbors. The whys greatly matter. But we need time because, guys, unfortunately, we get distracted and our mind gets off of Christ. It's okay. It's going to happen. God's forgiven that. That doesn't limit us from God's love. But he wants us to take time to stop and say, God, show me where I need to change. What do I need to adjust? What have I been doing for myself rather than for you? And then as we prep for our next week, Sunday is a great day to do this. As we prep for our next work week, we go, okay, then how can I be centered this week in living for you and bringing you glory in all areas? The last one, talk about your experience with others. Share your successes and sh- share your failures. You, I, if you're like me, when I started this three weeks ago, trying to pray for the little things, it was extraordinarily difficult. Because Why? My mind is not naturally attuned to focusing on God. Sharing difficulties with others, sharing successes with others is another way of encouragement and bonding and growing in Christ together as a body. Notice the passages we read earlier were for the entire church to do and to do together. You need others to help walk through this life, to encourage you, to keep you accountable or maybe to even help you see other ways that you can center your mind on Christ through your daily tasks. You need to talk to others. Don't be afraid of it. So this week, I'm simply going to ask you, how are you going to live out the dull bits of your life for God? Are you willing to really trust Him with everything in your life, or are there just some things that you think are so insignificant that you're going to hold on to them? I want to encourage you to give over all of your life to God, even the most insignificant things to you, and understand that, no, God actually has those a part of your life so that you could be transformed more into the image of Jesus Christ. He's put those things there for your benefit and for you to give glory to him. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to be dependent even in the small tasks of the day. So I want to challenge you. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to experience the joy that God wants to give you through trusting in him more and growing deeper in faith? Let's close in a word of prayer. dearly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for all that is that you've given to us. We thank you for the opportunity to come as a body of believers to meet and to, to dwell upon your word and to study it. Lord, I have to be the first one To admit, my mind gets distracted a lot. I've not lived my entire life for your glory. And even as a Christian, even as as one who confesses and, and is dependent on you, I still find myself getting distracted throughout the days and trying to do things of my own strength. Lord, I know all of us here probably have those difficulties because we're flawed human beings And sin has impacted our minds to drive us further away from you. But Lord, through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, Lord, we can come back to you in a full relationship and experience change that's beyond this world that the world looks at as strange and weird. But really, we understand the true joy comes from it. From deepening our faith in our relationship with you, Lord, I pray that as we go throughout our day, we would see these daily tasks, these dull bits of our life, not as insignificant, but as a part of your plan to continue to transform and work within us. Help us to turn these moments over to you each and every day, to trust you more with our life. And Lord, I just want to pray that we will continue to be examples of joy to our neighbors and our neighborhoods and our communities. Help us to be the example they greatly need to see the impact and the effect that Christ has in our lives. We love you, Lord. And we pray that as we leave here today, that we will have changed lives, and that your spirit will continue to work within us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. I hope you guys have a great, wonderful rest of your Sunday.